QAnon. The By now, you've probably heard about QAnon, the mysterious entity who posts cryptic messages to anonymous internet forums, claiming to be an insider within the US government working with President Trump to take down the so-called deep states. If you still rely on the mainstream media as your source for news, you've probably been told that Q is just a crazy far-right conspiracy and that you'd be foolish to even consider doing your own research into the topic. However, don't forget this is the same mainstream media who, in recent years, seem to have abandoned any semblance of journalistic integrity and have been caught perpetrating numerous inaccurate and deceptive news stories, stooping to some desperate new lows whilst struggling to maintain their false narrative. I'm changing it from fake news, though. D doesn't that undermine... Very fake news. Right? I know, but aren't you... Despite their many proven hoaxes, the fake news media don't appear to be letting up. Their latest witch hunt attempts to con their audience into supporting the impeachment of President Trump over his perfectly normal phone call with the Ukrainian Prime Minister, whilst at the same time dismissing former Vice President Joe Biden bragging on camera about pressuring Ukraine as not being worthy of any discussion or investigation. I said, you're not getting the billion, I'm going to be leaving. <coughs> I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. We've also recently seen how the mainstream media will force their reporters to bury stories if they contain revelations that would pose a threat to their special interests. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we, that also quashed the story. Those that have begun to see through the media bias and who have taken the time to do their own research into QAnon will have discovered there have been countless proofs set up to validate Q as a legitimate insider source and authenticate that the Trump administration is indeed using anonymous internet forums as a back channel to communicate with the American people. Because we really have to bypass the media because it's so one-sided and unfair in order to get straight to the American people. That's what we're doing. We have to just go around them. We just have to go around them, and we have gone around them like nobody in history has ever gone around them. So with the mainstream media propagating so much fake news and the social media giants censoring both American citizens as well as independent news outlets, it's the anonymous forums, including 4chan, 8chan, and now 8kun, that are the few remaining online platforms where freedom of speech and freedom of thought Prevail. But you know, here's the good news. At least we have a forum. We have a place we can talk so everyone knows what's going on. By providing proofs to validate authenticity, Q and President Trump have been able to use these anonymous forums to mobilize an army of digital soldiers whose autistic tendencies have become weaponized, leading them to dedicate countless hours to researching, analyzing, and piecing together Q's cryptic clues and in doing so, uncovering a vast international web of corruption. We have an army of digital soldiers, what we call citizen journalists, okay? because, the, because the, the journalists that we have in our media 
They did a disservice to themselves because they displayed an arrogance that is unprecedented. And so the American people decided to take over the idea of information. In the early days of Q posting, the proofs were designed to be puzzling, giving Q and President Trump plausible deniability to the world, whilst providing discernible confirmation to the Anons and Autists on 8chan, whose heightened pattern recognition skills enable them to pick up on even the most subtle of coincidences. But as the movement has grown, with new eyes discovering Q every day, the proofs have become more frequent and far more blatant. And we're now at a stage where the many coincidences that we'll cover in this video prove beyond any doubt that Q is a legitimate insider within the US government, currently providing the public with the biggest intelligence drop in the history of the world. The Q story begins on October 5th, 2017, when President Trump held a gathering at the White House for his military generals and their spouses, during which he made this cryptic statement. You guys know what this represents? Tell us, sir. Maybe it's the calm before the storm. What's the thought? Could be the calm, the calm before the storm. The president was asked for clarification the next day, but his response was the same. You'll find out. And to this day, President Trump hasn't explained this remark, and no mainstream media outlets have been able to offer a theory as to what storm he might have been alluding to. 23 days later, on October 28, 2017, Q posted for the first time. Here we see that first post alongside one of the president's tweets from earlier that same day, in which he says US economic growth has had the best consecutive quarters in years, and he shortens quarters to Qs. Now, at this time in 2017, Twitter did still have a 140 character limit, so shortening quarters to Qs would have been necessary to make this tweet fit. But it is a bit of a coincidence that not only did this tweet feature a Q, but also happened to put emphasis on a form of storm. Also that same day, President Trump made this three-part tweet, talking about his declassifying the JFK files, and how he intended for his administration to provide full disclosure and transparency, putting all conspiracy theories to rest. And given how QAnon encompasses a number of conspiracy theories, ranging from 9-11 to the Clinton body count, through to the existence of aliens, it's quite a coincidence that President Trump would tweet something like this within 30 minutes of the first Q post. So these are the first couple of coincidences, and throughout this video keep in mind a question Q often asks, which is how many coincidences before it is mathematically impossible? Q posted several hundred times over the next few months, and in a number of posts made reference to the calm before the storm, but still without revealing exactly what the storm will entail. Then in early 2018, Q also began using the expression, where we go one, we go all, in a number of posts, and has also continued using this in acronym format. Then on June 28th, 2018, Q asked, where did the storm derive from? 
Some things leave lasting impressions. Listen carefully. And Q shared a link to the 1996 Jeff Bridges movie, White Squall. And I don't want this video to be too long, so I won't play the trailer in full, but here's a quick supercut featuring some of the most relevant lines. They came from different places. They sailed for different reasons. I don't want to be what I was when I left. There you go. Anonymous. I will challenge them, and they will come together. Yeah. Become a team. Yeah. What are they doing? Claiming their place in the world. We go one, we go all. They thought they had survived the greatest challenge of their lives, but it was only the calm before the storm. Where we go one, we go all. We're a crew. That's what this whole thing is about. Captain, they're only boys. They're much more than that. White Squall, based on a true story. So we heard there that the dialogue of the movie includes multiple characters saying the line, where we go one, we go all. And the voiceover narration also refers to the calm before the storm. So if we now take a look at one of President Trump's tweets from December 2018, here he talks about his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, getting off scot-free. And he writes out the expression scot-free in full, as if it were someone's name. And this drives the media into a frenzy as they rush to point out this seemingly glaring error. However, it seems this was bait set by Q and President Trump. As later that afternoon, after having waited several hours for numerous media outlets to publish their scot-free articles, you posted with the heading The Art of Trolling the Fake News Media and then gave a little how-to guide saying Step 1 and then Q linked to Trump's tweets mentioning Scott Free then Step 2 with Q providing a link to an example of a mainstream media article criticising the mistake Q then asks Who is Scott Free? and then said Step 3 and provided a link to the film production company Scott Free Productions, which just so happens to be the production company behind the film White Squall. Q then says, where we go on we go all, brackets from the movie, thank you for playing. We've also recently seen instances of President Trump dropping storm-related hints that only those familiar with Q would pick up on. Here's an example where he ducked the media, citing bad weather as an excuse despite the fact that there were clear skies. And Anon shared this on 8chan, pointing out that POTUS ducks reporters because we are in the storm. To which Q responded, saying, a message that nobody but who understands? Since December 2017, Q has also posted the expression, we are with you several times. And this has also been shortened to an acronym format. And coincidentally, since Q first began posting, President Trump now consistently includes the message, we are with you, when he tweets before or after storms occur in the US. Another early Q post tells us to keep an eye out for a future Q proof that will occur when President Trump's storm does finally hit the US. In post 55, Q says to look to Twitter for exactly this, my fellow Americans, the storm is upon us. And as of this recording in early January 2020, we haven't seen this post yet, though it does certainly seem as though the storm is brewing. After the disastrous Mueller hearing in July 2019, during which the Russian collusion hoax 
came to an abrupt end, the president tweeted, the truth is a force of nature. And then minutes later, Q shared a link to the Wikipedia page, which provides a definition for a force of nature, where we see it lists examples as storms and extreme temperatures. Here we have another example of a subtle hint from the president. On January 29th, 2018, an HN user asked Q if they'd be able to work the phrase tip-top into the president's State of the Union address as a shout-out to the board. This request was only made on the evening prior to the State of the Union, so of course that particular speech would have already been written and finalised. However, a few months later, in President Trump's Easter speech, he said this. Also, I want to thank the White House Historical Association and all of the people that worked so hard with Melania, with everybody, to keep this incredible house or building or whatever you want to call it, because there really is no name for it. It is special. And we keep it in tip-top shape. We call it sometimes tippy-top shape. And it's a great, great place. Q then posted that evening saying, it was requested, did you listen today? And it's quite amusing that the president delivered this line whilst stood next to a white rabbit, helping make reference to the movie The Matrix, and the fact that Q observers have taken the red pill and are venturing down the rabbit hole, learning the truth about how certain aspects of the world have really been working all this time. But this particular rabbit wearing glasses is also a reference to Alice in Wonderland, or should I say Alice and Wonderland, as Q has mentioned Wonderland in several posts dating back to November 2017. Then in mid-2018, a batch of Hillary Clinton emails were released via the Freedom of Information Act, and Anon found one email in which then-Secretary of State Hillary was addressed as Madam Alice, with the email signed Hatter, Q then shared this, asking, how could we know? So this validates Q as being an insider with high-level security clearance who had access to this information prior to it being declassified. And later that day, Q clarified the code that the deep state use, saying that Hillary equals Alice and Saudi Arabia is Wonderland. So it'll be interesting to see in time if it's revealed exactly what influence Saudi Arabia has had on US politics. It's certainly troubling to see such large donations to the Clinton Foundation by the Saudis, donations which of course dried up as soon as she lost in 2016. As Q has pointed out, pay for play only works when you hold a position of power. And we also recently learnt that Jeffrey Epstein held a Saudi Arabian passport. Both he and his island have also been mentioned in Q drops dating back to November 2017, so it makes you wonder what role he might have played in helping the behind-the-scenes puppet masters maintain control of the puppets that they have placed in public positions of power. So perhaps in time we'll discover just how deep this rabbit hole goes. Next, let's talk about trip codes. As you're probably aware, users of forums like 8chan post anonymously and rather than being identified by a username, Anons are given the option of posting with a password, and the 8chan algorithm then generates a unique trip code for the user to log in with that password. 
Here we see a number of Q's trip codes, which are highlighted at the top of his posts. Q updates these every so often to ensure their account is kept secure. And on August 5th, 2018, Q updated his trip code. On the left, we see Q confirming his new trip code to the 8chan board owner. And on the right, we see Q's first post using this new trip code. And coincidentally, a few hours later, the president tweeted. And to most, it might have looked as though he made another careless mistake, as he missed a space at the end of a sentence, leaving an exclamation mark and a capital letter A placed together. But if we take a closer look at Q's new trip code, we see that the first two digits are also an exclamation mark and a capital letter A. So was this President Trump's subtle way of confirming Q's new trip code? When President Trump first began negotiating with Chairman Kim Jong-un, even prior to their first summit in Singapore, the President was able to secure the safe return of a number of American hostages from North Korea. In the very early morning hours of May 10th, 2018, the hostages arrived back in the US, and President Trump was there to greet them at Andrews Air Force Base, just outside Washington, DC. Here we see a photo taken by then Press Secretary Sarah Sanders of the President sat in the Marine One helicopter, patiently awaiting the arrival of the hostages. And through the window of the helicopter, we see one of two fire trucks holding up the American flag. And we can't quite make it out through Sarah's low-resolution cell phone photo, but if we take a closer inspection of this fire truck, we see that it's labelled Q74. Now, if we turn to the Q drops from around this time, we see that following a trip code update six days earlier on May 4th, Q's post numbers began counting up from zero. Here we see post numbers 1 and 2, and then it jumped to post number 62, and then over the next several days counted up slowly before reaching post number 74 on that evening of May 10th. Q post 75 that same evening read Castle Lock and included a picture of an American flag with the file name freedom.png. A few days later, Q posted saying to image search for fire truck slash engine and asked letter common in front of number post 74 coincidence. So you're probably wondering if this wasn't a coincidence, how did the Q team organize this? Did they mark the fire truck Q74 just for this occasion? Well, actually, it seems that the fire department at Andrews Air Force Base includes the Rescue 74 squad, and their fleet of vehicles includes a Quint, which is a fire truck with a quintuple combination pumper. So a Quint fire truck operated by the Rescue 74 squad is known as a Q74. And since Andrews Air Force Base is where the President and his team travel to frequently to transfer from the Marine One helicopter to Air Force One, I'd imagine that either the President or a member of the Q team might have become aware of this Q74 engine and then devised a way for Trump to be photographed with it to coincide with the Q post numbered 74. This next example is a really fun one. On July 24th, 2018, President Trump traveled to Kansas City, Missouri, 
to give his remarks at a veterans convention. God bless you, Mr. President, and I wish you well in the future. And knowing that the president would be visiting their home state, two Kansas residents, Kath and her daughter-in-law, Caitlin, had an idea for how to get a confirmation from the Q team. Together, they designed a Honk for Q poster to hold up and try and get a response from the president's motorcade. Now, obviously, if they just held up a sign, there's no way that the motorcade would have thought to look for it, let alone spotted and reacted to it. But what Kath cleverly did was to tweet a picture of their sign to the at POTUS schedule account on Twitter, saying to look out for them on the west side of I-29. Now, weirdly, the POTUS underscore schedule account has since been terminated by Twitter for unknown reasons. And whilst it wasn't verified by Twitter with a blue check mark, it certainly did seem to be a legitimate account used by one of the president's key logistics personnel. Here we see a web archive of some of the tweets by the POTUS underscore schedule account. And we can see that it published detailed information about the president's timetable as well as some behind-the-scenes photos from press events and even photos from inside the motorcade as well as Air Force One flight paths and we also saw this Twitter account linked to by Q just a week prior to the president's visit to Kansas so I'll take that as another confirmation of its legitimacy so now that we can assume that the Q team might have been made aware of the sign and would have been looking out for it. Let's see what happened next. So we can clearly hear that after the three beast vehicles pass by, one of the vans towards the back of the motorcade does clearly honk. Let's take another quick listen. This video was then shared on the Q subreddit, The Great Awakening, and was linked to by Q, who said, we saw you. God bless, patriots. And The Great Awakening was a very popular Q-orientated subreddit, but frustratingly this was also blocked for some reason. It's certainly strange that the powers that be seem so determined to quash anything online related to what they say is just a crazy conspiracy theory. But again, we've got an archive of that particular webpage here. Then, in a post a week later, Q asked, How often does the presidential motorcade honk upon request? And I'd imagine the answer to which is never, and that would be a strict breach of protocol, and that none of the Secret Service working within the motorcade would ever risk their job by indulging such a request. This was actually a double Q-proof day. Prior to the president's address at the Veterans Convention, 
you posted with the heading from sea to shining sea then just a short while later when the president walked out to his usual entrance music he clearly gestured to highlight that particular line in the Lee Greenwood song and the name of the veteran chosen to speak on stage with President Trump not to give the mic to Alan Q. Jones when he's at the state convention or the national convention. This next batch of proofs revolves around the use of the number 17. One of the more basic forms of code used by the Q team is the interpretation of letters as numbers. And with Q being the 17th letter of the alphabet, both Q and President Trump seem to try and find ways to put emphasis on this number whenever they can. If we go back before Trump was even inaugurated, on November 17th, 2016, he was visited at Trump Tower, New York, by NSA Director Admiral Mike Rogers. And Rogers made this trip without the permission of his Obama White House. And many speculate that Rogers going rogue like this was to inform Trump that his tower was wiretapped and that President Obama had been illegally spying on Trump and his campaign team. This caused President-elect Trump to move his transition team to his private golf club in New Jersey that same day. It's also worth noting that Admiral Rogers served as the 17th director of the NSA and is widely considered to be one of the principal architects of the QAnon military intelligence operation. Then we see here that just a couple of months prior to Q first posting, President Trump took a 17-day break from the White House, insisting that it wasn't a vacation. So could this have been a way for the President to have some uninterrupted time with his military strategists to make the final preparations for the QAnon operation? Next, here's an example of President Trump choosing to highlight the success of the first 17 months of his administration rather than waiting an extra month to make it an even year and a half. And also note that these posts were made on May 17th. Then in July 2018, President Trump visited Granite City to give a speech at a steelworks that had just been reopened. And coincidentally, the stage and the flag seem to be carefully positioned between bays 7 and 10, numbers which of course add up to 17. In this tweet, Trump's campaign manager invited people to call in to have the opportunity to speak with the president. As Q pointed out in a post a few moments later, the digits in the password just so happen to add up to 17. In this rally, President Trump makes clear to us just how many times he visited Washington, D.C. prior to being elected president. I was probably in Washington in my entire life 17 times. True, 17 times. I don't think I ever stayed overnight. You know what I'm getting at, right? So I've been there 17 times again. I've only been here about 17 times. In this press conference, Trump puts emphasis on the fact that 17 is a real number. We have it down by a period of almost, a number of almost 17% this year. And when I heard it, I thought they made a mistake. I said, you are not real. That's not a real number. 
and it is very much a real number. So Kellyanne and all of the people that have worked worked on that uh, to think that it's 17 percent in one year that's a that's a tremendous achievement. Thank you very much. Here we see John Bolton, who had a stint as President Trump's national security advisor, but who resigned after exactly 17 months. I'm sure there were strategic reasons for keeping a warhawk like Bolton around, likely to help lay bait to trap others whose mission it is to keep America at war. When looking back, it seems that Q and President Trump have often found fun ways to mark Q Day, i.e. the 17th day of the month. So remember the fake news awards? Those were held on January 17th, 2018. I'm sure you'll also remember when President Trump grounded Nancy Pelosi's flight. This links back to an old Q drop in which Q mentioned Pelosi and asked, can you rely on being able to board a plane and fly away? And then more recently, Hillary Clinton also encountered problems when attempting to fly on the 17th day of the month. Here we see the president retweeted a Q follower whose profile image was a letter Q wearing a Bake America Great Again hat, making reference to Anon's baking bread from Q's crumbs. Q shared this, pointing out which day of the month it was retweeted. Here we have another example of the president retweeting a Q follower, who has the where we go on we go all hashtag in her Twitter bio. Trump retweeted this on August 15th, but we can see that the video he shared was originally posted almost a month earlier on July 17th. We've also had a number of proofs like this with respect to Robert Mueller's probe into Trump's alleged Russian collusion. The special counsel investigation began on May 17th, 2017. Trump hired 17 lawyers to supposedly hide from Mueller, and Mueller initially agreed to testify on July 17th, 2019. And now that the Mueller witch hunt is over, we're beginning to learn about how the Russian collusion hoax originated and the dossier produced by Fusion GPS, financed by Hillary Clinton and the DNC, which was the primary source used to obtain a Pfizer warrant that enabled Obama to use the US intelligence agencies to spy on Carter Page a member of Trump's campaign team. And it's interesting to note that President Trump already orders the declassification of the details regarding this Pfizer application. And coincidentally, this was done on September 17th, 2018. And he also informed us that this declassification would take place two days prior to the president giving the direction. It's now up to Attorney General Bill Barr to determine the opportune moment to drop this bombshell declassification on the public. However, with the Democrats and the mainstream media having spent over three years projecting a collusion narrative onto Trump, it is necessary that these optics are first corrected and that the public are sufficiently primed for the damning revelations to come. So to help set the stage for this upcoming declassification, in December 2019, Inspector General Horowitz released his report revealing that he identified at least 17 significant errors or omissions in the Carter Page Pfizer applications. 
and the report was 476 pages. And again, if we add up those individual numbers, then in the wake of the findings from the Horowitz report on December 17th, 2019, the chief judge of the FISA court strongly criticized the FBI's misconduct in surveilling the Trump campaign during the 2016 presidential election. And the Horowitz investigation was limited to information gained from employees within the FBI. But there is an ongoing probe by federal prosecutor John Durham into the origins of the Russian hoax. And his investigative powers allow him to compel testimony from employees of any of the domestic U.S. intelligence agencies. And he's also permitted to communicate with foreign intelligence agencies who may have additional insights. So one person Durham will likely be talking to is newly appointed CIA Director Gina Haspel. Q has informed us that the UK and Australia assisted rogue elements of the US government in their attempts to take down Trump, both during his campaign and after he was elected. And during the time of this spying activity, Gina Haspel was the CIA station chief in London. So Q has prompted Amlons to question if the CIA was running a black op to spy on Trump and getting assistance from UK intelligence agencies such as MI6, would Haspel, then London station chief, have been informed and instructed? And interestingly, the vote to confirm Haspel as the new CIA director took place on the 17th day of the month, May 17th, 2018. Then exactly two months later, during a meeting at the White House on July 17th, President Trump was speaking about how he has great faith in the intelligence agencies when something a little strange happened. I have a full faith in our intelligence agencies. Whoops, they just turned off the light. That must be the intelligence agencies. <laughs> there it goes. Okay. You guys okay? And it's interesting to go back and look at Post 64 in which Q stated that, should the lights go out, please know that we are in control. So hopefully this is a signal that President Trump and the Q team are in the process of taking back control of this previously rogue agency, and that Haspel has been made director for a specific reason, and that she will be cooperating fully with John Durham's investigation. So in contrast, to the black hats who led Obama's spying operation. Here we see Gina Haspel at the 2019 State of the Union, and hopefully her dress gives us an accurate hint as to which team she now plays for. Shortly after the Horowitz report was released in December 2019, it was revealed that Admiral Rogers has been cooperating with John Durham's probe into the spying scandal something Q hinted was happening behind the scenes months in advance of it being announced in the media. So whilst the Democrats and the mainstream media are doing their very best to keep the public distracted from these developments, it seems that many are waking up and preparing for what will inevitably be the biggest scandal in American history. One other thing that people have been pointing to as a potential proof is that when championship-winning sports teams have visited the White House in the past, 
they've presented President Jersey with their number of office, whereas recently people thought that the fact Trump was receiving jerseys with the number 17 was a cue proof. However, these jerseys were actually numbered 17 as the championship victories occurred during the 2017 season. And there is actually plenty of evidence of previous presidents having also received jerseys numbered this way. So if you're a Q follower trying to red pill your sleeping friends, don't use this as an example of a proof, as you'll probably get a Snopes article sent back to you. As the Great Awakening has gained momentum, the Q proofs have become increasingly more blatant, with the president himself having provided many direct confirmations. On June 20th, 2018, President Trump held a rally in Minnesota, and as he was making his entrance, the president provided his first direct confirmation by pointing to acknowledge a patriot wearing a Q t-shirt. After the rally, a still was shared on 8chan with an anon saying, does it get any more obvious than that? As we see in the image, the rally attendee wearing the Q t-shirt was filming with his phone and his footage was later edited alongside footage from a media camera angle. He also shared this and pointed out that this confirmation happened exactly 17 months after President Trump's inauguration on January 20th, 2017, and again asked, do you believe in coincidences? The Patriot photographed here has become known as VIP Anon, and he uses this as his Twitter username, and it's worth keeping this in mind, as he'll feature again in other important proofs later in this video. At other MAGA rallies, we've seen President Trump pointing to acknowledge attendees holding Q signs or Q cutouts. Here we see President Trump double point at this cutout, just to be clear. We've also seen the President draw air cues on multiple occasions. Another few examples of hints provided by the President include him retweeting this article from website Magapil, which at this time had an article about QAnon featured on the homepage. Here we have another of President Trump's classic Twitter mistakes, where he talks about having had a roundtable with the members of Congress. Here President Trump posted a tweet which had a stray Q at the end. This tweet was promptly deleted and a corrected version was posted 17 minutes after the original. Here we see how Q and President Trump marked post-1776, hinting at how their military operation is akin to a second American revolution. Here we see the President retweets a meme which foreshadows his plans to expose those who were really guilty of colluding with foreign governments. We've also seen the President discussing his plans to keep open Guantanamo Bay. Issued executive orders keeping open Guantanamo Bay. They wanted to close it. I want to keep it open and use it for And I think I know who her refers to. It's just awfully good that someone 
with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. He also tells us that nowadays what we're seeing play out in the media and on TV is like a scripted show that their plan has almost complete control over. So Q often says for followers to enjoy the show. Here we see the president incorporates this same Q expression into one of his tweets. Here the president seems to make a slight pronunciation error. Again, perhaps as a way of encouraging us to enjoy the show. You just watch. We have the cards. They don't. Another of Q's frequently used expressions is these people are sick which he said in 27 of the drops, which outlines some of the deep state's more sinister crimes. And it's been fun to hear the president incorporate this same Q expression into a number of his speeches, interviews, and press conferences. These people are sick. These people are sick. These people are sick. These people are sick. They're sick. These people are sick. I'm telling you, they're sick. These people are sick. These people are sick. There's something wrong with them. These people are sick. They're sick. In those examples we've just heard, Trump's use of that expression seems somewhat spontaneous. But at a rally in Grand Rapids on March 28th, 2019, the president actually seemed to read this line from the auto queue, suggesting that the expression had been written into his speech. These people are sick. It's also worth noting that this March 28th rally was held on the 17-month anniversary of the first Q-drop. So whilst President Trump has done quite a few post-election rallies, I don't think they've quite been frequent enough for rallies having been held on both of these 17-month anniversaries to easily be dismissed as just a coincidence. This next form of proof is based around the concept of deltas. Delta is the fourth letter of the Greek alphabet, and it simply refers to a difference or change in a certain quantity. In the context of QAnon, deltas are used to show a connection between certain Q posts on 8chan and related tweets by the president, which are posted just a few moments later. We are then able to analyse the timestamps of Q's post and the president's tweets to calculate the difference or delta between them. I'm planning to create a separate video dedicated to explaining this concept of deltas in detail, as this is probably the most frequently used form of Q-proof, so there are quite a lot of examples to go through, but in this video I'll do my best to give a brief overview. So in post 310, Q asked, what has been said about the US military? Then, in a tweet by the president just a few moments later, he said, We love our US military. Q then posted again a short while later, encouraging Anons to analyse the timestamps of these two posts regarding the US military, and by doing so, we can calculate a difference or delta between these posts that was three minutes. Q then asked, How many clues must we provide? So with both of these posts mentioning the US military, 
we see the clear continuity in what both Q and President Trump were posting about. And with the early examples of deltas, this was done to help Anons identify the connection between their posts. Here we have another early example of a delta in which Q and the President both posted to acknowledge festive holidays within a few moments of one another. We can see from the timestamps that this was a 10 minute delta. We also see that prior to this delta, it had been several hours since either Q or the President had posted. And this is quite often the case, as these deltas seem to be planned in advance, so that prior to one of these proofs, the President will take some time away from Twitter, and this means that the delta isn't then easily dismissed as a coincidence that came amongst a flurry of his tweets. And for similar reasons, the deltas always occur during office hours or later in the evening when Q and the President are physically together in the same location and there are never deltas between the early morning hours of 4am to 10am when President Trump does lots of his typical quickfire tweeting from his private quarters within the White House. Here we see a seven minute delta, this time word for word on Father's Day. In this next example, Q encouraged Anons to search crumbs for number two and asked who is number two. If we follow those instructions, we find this Q post from earlier that month in which Q referred to number two as being number two in the FBI and the FBI deputy director at this time was Andrew McCabe. The Q-drop also says no deals, and this perhaps implying that McCabe is one of those heavily implicated in the FBI's misconduct relating to the Pfizer warrant on Trump, and that McCabe isn't being given the opportunity to make a deal with the White Hats. Then just a few moments later, the president began tweeting about McCabe, and if we analyze the timestamps, we see that this was a five minute delta. The president then continued tweeting about McCabe and the FBI, and we see both of these tweets were also preceded by Q posts. And if we analyze the timestamps, we see these are both zero deltas, meaning that it was less than one minute between Q's post and the next tweet by the president. And it's also worth noting that the president hadn't tweeted for over 22 hours prior to these three tweets. So I'm sure you'll agree that, given both the timing as well as the McCabe continuity, that this is quite a coincidence. At this stage, Q is still training Anons to become familiar with this concept of deltas. So later that day, Q posted to encourage Anons to create a graphic showing Q's post and the President's tweet side by side, pointing out that timestamps are important and that these posts will serve as a marker in the future. Once Anons had become familiar with this concept of deltas and knew to look out for Q drops posted just prior to POTUS tweets, it was no longer necessary for Q and the President to have continuity of subject with their delta posts and instead they now focus their efforts on posting with as small a delta as possible. So here we see an example of the president tweeting about storms and there was a Q post in that same minute. 
after another zero delta, and Anon created a graphic to illustrate it. Q shared the graphic saying it was just another day at the office. Here we have an example where the delta was just nine seconds. And here we have another example of deltas with two consecutive tweets by the president, a four minute and a zero delta. But the most notable example occurred on February 17th, 2019. Yes, the 17th day of the month. And on that day, there were three zero deltas within the same afternoon. So the day started as most do, with the president going on an early morning tweet storm. Here are five tweets he posted between 7am and 7.52. Then later that afternoon, Q shared two maps, separated into two individual posts, but published within a few seconds of one another. And around the same time, the president tweeted clips from his press conference a few days earlier and separated the clips into two individual tweets. And if we analyse the timestamps, we see these were both zero deltas and all four posts were published within less than 60 seconds. And again, keep in mind that prior to this, the president hadn't tweeted for over five and a half hours. Later that afternoon, Q and the President both posted again, and by analysing the timestamps, we see this was another zero delta. Q then posted to ask, three today? What are the odds of that? As you might imagine, there are a few statisticians within the autist community, so a few Anons got to work answering this question. Firstly, this Anon used the Poisson distribution formula to determine a 99.998% probability that these three zero deltas were a coordinated occurrence. And another anon used binomial distribution to determine the odds of three zero deltas occurring by random chance are one in 82,483. This anon also points out how Q understood that based on binomial distribution, the individual zero delta posts over time were insufficiently convincing, but by triggering three within a 24-hour period, this created an event that determines conclusively that Q must be coordinating these deltas with the president. Before we move on, here is another example, this time a one-year delta. A Q post on November 1st, 2017 included the line return power to the people. Then in a rally exactly a year later, President Trump said this. Loyal citizens like you helped build this country. And together we are taking back our country, returning power to you, the American people. This is where we all started. President Trump also tweeted shortly after the rally, again highlighting the line, returning power to you, the American people. Several Anons then created graphics to illustrate this coincidence. Q shared these and asked, mathematically impossible or every detail planned? And many now speculate that the QAnon operation is planned with such military precision that several Q posts actually provide markers for events scheduled to take place several years to the date after they were originally posted. As we've already seen, Various Q things on the internet have been shut down in an attempt to stifle Great Awakening, including HN itself. 
but it's possible that as the storm draws closer, with the possibility of much more damning revelations, the deep state may attempt to shut down the internet as a whole in an attempt to stop the spread of information. Therefore, it was likely planned for Q to highlight certain markers in advance and hint as to what is coming, as this allows enough time for a significant portion of the public to study and prepare, so that when big things do start happening, potentially around the time of the 2020 election, there will be enough informed patriots to guide and reassure those who have fallen victim to the mainstream media narrative and thereby minimise any potential civil unrest. And this may also be one of the reasons that the Trump administration has implemented the emergency broadcast system in order to provide a direct message to American citizens when the storm does eventually hit. If we take a look again at this example of a one-year delta, we see that the post was signed 41020. And again, if we interpret these numbers as letters, we see this is DJT, Donald John Trump, the president's initials. So it's likely that this message was written and posted by President Trump himself. However, since then, there haven't been any more posts with this signature, but we have seen several posts signed Q+. And it's now believed that Q+, is President Trump, and we'll see in the next examples how this alternate code name opens up the possibility for a variety of new proofs. So remember VIP Anon, the patriot wearing the Q t-shirt, who President Trump pointed to acknowledge at a rally held on the 17-month anniversary of his inauguration? Well, VIP Anon attended another MAGA rally in October 2018, and this time was actually provided with a VIP pass, which allowed him to go backstage and meet the president. Here we see a tweet from VIP Anon posted late that same evening, informing us about his time at the rally. He says, So I went to the rally tonight and had the privilege to meet President Trump. What a great guy. Very personable and very nice in person. I had the opportunity to take a picture with him that they will mail at a later date. Q then shared VIP Anon's tweet, saying, Important moment in time. The picture will be the signifier. The signifier will force the queue. The queue will be answered. And then we have the Where We Go When We Go All acronym inside these three brackets. Then a few weeks later, VIP Anon posted again to say that he had received his photo package from the White House. He says, Here is the photo I received in the mail. No words for what is on the back of the photo. Anons have at it. And we can see that on the back of the photo is a plus sign inside three brackets. And if we go back again and look at the Q post from earlier that month, we see that it established the use of brackets in the same format. Then on the right here, we have another post from early November. And towards the bottom, we see Q plus again inside three brackets. So I think we can safely assume Q plus is President Trump. It's also interesting to note that VIP Anon's package arrived on October 28th, 2018, which was the one-year anniversary of the first Q post. There was another proof involving VIP Anon just a few weeks later. On December 12th, 
he tweeted to share his frustration that the Democrats under Obama had no problem giving $150 billion to Iran, but they were now unwilling to allocate just $5 billion for a wall to secure the border of their own country. President Trump then tweeted a few hours later and basically reworded VIP Anon's tweet, posing exactly the same question. And interestingly, this coincidence happened 45 days after VIP Anon received his photo package featuring his photo with Q+, the 45th president. However, all of this didn't immediately force the media to ask President Trump the question, as Q hinted that it might. But then recently something else happened. Whilst he's known as VIP Anon, his Twitter handle is actually QAnon underscore baby. And then at the MAGA rally on July 17th, 2019, two patriots brought along their baby, who they dressed in a Q t-shirt. Backed up dislike, but actually they respect us. That's more important. Look at that beautiful baby. Look at that beautiful. Wow, what a baby. What a baby. That is a beautiful baby. That's like from an advertisement. Perfect. Look how happy that baby is. So beautiful. Thank you, darling. That's really nice. It's a, a great thing. Is that your husband? That's a great thing. Thank you. Congratulations, husband. Man. What a picture. But we're going to have the country all set for your child, okay? Because that's what it's about. This thrust the baby into the media spotlight, resulting in coverage from Rolling Stone magazine. But despite this, it again didn't immediately force the question, though more recently we saw a photo of the Q baby featured in a slideshow shared by President Trump on Twitter. So I guess we'll have to wait and see if these photos are somehow highlighted again in the future. Following the initial meeting where President Trump teased the calm before the storm, it's long been suspected that QAnon is a military intelligence operation. Q kind of confirmed that theory when sharing this meme, but we can even go back before the 2016 election, and in this campaign event it became clear that Trump has been consulting with high-ranking members of the military for quite some time. It was also here. We have 17... Medal of Honor recipients, and they've all endorsed me for President of the United States, and I have been endorsed by generals, and many of the generals have become very good friends of mine, right, to have all of the support from so many generals, so, so many admirals, people I respect so much. They're smart, they're tough, they know what's happening, and I believe in them totally and that's why the fact that they believe in me is one of the great honors of my life so there was also a strange moment during president trump's 2016 inauguration speech which to this day hasn't been explained early in his address a group of military officers walked up and stood behind the president so that they would appear prominently within the camera shots being beamed across the world today's ceremony however has very special meaning. Because today, 
We are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. So by invoking we, was this a subtle hint that President Trump would be working with the U.S. military to drain the D.C. swamp? We've also seen several hints and examples of the military showing their support for Q. One of the first Q proofs that got my attention was when Q posted in early 2018 to ask, do you trust the U.S. military? Do you trust the chain of command? Then two days later, the Department of Defense tweeted to remind their followers to tune into a National Geographic documentary, Chain of Command, which was premiering that evening. Then the show itself featured this 17-second clip of a soldier making coffee, and coincidentally, he just so happened to be using a mug with a giant Q on it. There have also been several occasions where President Trump has held roundtable meetings with his military generals, where we've seen notepaper or a notebook carefully positioned so that when photographed, the ring of the roundtable becomes a Q. Here we see one example. And here we see another, with Admiral Rogers at the head of the table, and only one person with a notebook, which they don't even seem to be using, but which just so happens to be in the perfect position to form a queue. Another subtle way the military provide queue proofs is via aircraft call signs. Here we see the Twitter account, at Siv Miller, who I believe is a citizen whose hobby is tracking the flight activity of rare and interesting military aircraft. Here he shares an instance of Air Force One flying with the callsign Q0. Q posted a few hours later, linking to this tweet and asking, where is the plus on a mobile phone when dialing? Q then posted again later saying, Scott Free equals where we go when we go all, Q0 equals Q plus, at what point do they wake up? Here's another example picked up by the same Twitter user, where he logged two notable military call signs within the same day, one with the call sign Q, and another with the call sign Anon. And this was in response to an interview given by the president that same day, in which he mentioned he has the support of the military. Q then posted to highlight how this was a powerful statement of unity. Here we see an example of a US Air Force Boeing C-17 aircraft, also flying with the callsign Anon. And here we see another military aircraft flying with the callsign Move Q-45. And as we track its flight path, we see that it basically draws a giant letter Q in the sky. Here we see the NSA Twitter account share the logo for their software engineering tool Ghidra. Q posted just a few minutes later, highlighting the similarity between this and the HN logo, saying, sometimes you need a little humour. And here we have another post from the NSA Twitter account, congratulating Diane Yanisek on her Cyber Warrior Woman of the Year award. And in addition to the giant Q, they also seem to be trolling the deep state by mimicking their one-eye symbolism, 
but we won't go down that rabbit hole on this occasion. Here's a little segment from when President Trump had been travelling overseas and he stopped at a Navy base whilst Air Force One was being refuelled. He addressed the troops and highlighted each branch of the Navy, but listen carefully to the reaction in the room when he thanks the Navy intelligence specialists. Intelligence specialists. <laughs> Who are the intelligence specialists? Great. You know that. Great. It's almost as if everybody in the room is aware of QAnon and the pivotal role the Navy intelligence specialists play in helping the President and the Q team run circles around the deep states. We've also had Q proofs related to the newest branch of the US Armed Forces. If we go back to December 2017, Q responded to a frustrated Anon who had worked in the US space program throughout the 70s and 80s, and who was disappointed that the US seemed to have completely lost momentum in this area. Q reassured this patriot, saying that it's coming back in a big way, space is critical to our national security, and it was terminated for a specific reason. Then a few months later, President Trump made this unexpected announcement. Very importantly, I'm hereby directing the Department of Defense and Pentagon to immediately begin the process necessary to establish a space force as the sixth branch of the armed forces. That's a big statement. Then in May 2019, President Trump tweeted to say, I am updating my budget to include an additional 1.6 billion so that we can return to space in a big way. And there was 16 months and 20 days between these messages, so I guess we can pretty much round that up to being a 17-month delta. I'm sure most will remember President Trump tweeting this Game of Thrones-style poster on November 2nd, 2018, warning Iran that sanctions are coming on November 5th. As we've seen already, the Q team used quite a few movie analogies, and Q has said that the corruption in DC is so serious that deals had to be cut, otherwise 70% of elected politicians on both sides would be in jail. Therefore, it seems many low-level players were put into submission and forced to quietly exit the political arena and this is evidenced by the unprecedented amount of politicians that didn't seek re-election in 2018. Meanwhile, others who are more deeply entangled in various forms of corruption appear to have made deals with the White Hats and have agreed to become actors, helping to play out Q and President Trump's scripted show, and thereby creates a narrative which exposes the true depths of the DC swamp. Some of these individuals may be able to perform well enough to evade prosecution altogether, whilst others won't go unpunished, but may evade some charges and reduce their overall sentence. And this leaves the more deeply corrupt players completely outmaneuvered by the Q-team's military planning, causing them to unravel as they desperately attempt to retain power and prevent the public from waking up. So, the President's use of this movie-style poster is, in itself, 
a bit of a hint towards the scripted nature of US politics in recent years. However, two days after this tweet, Q posted a picture of a cinema trailer board featuring three posters to advertise upcoming acts in the show that they are orchestrating. Then on January 2nd, 2019, the president held a press conference at the White House and on the table he had a printed copy of his sanctions are coming poster. And bizarrely, this poster wasn't acknowledged during the meeting by either President Trump or any of the media that were in attendance, but those paying close attention would have noticed that the date on the printed poster had been changed from November 5th to November 4th, and this was likely done to match the date of Q's post featuring the now-playing movie posters. It's another weird coincidence that President Trump displaying this poster warning Iran came exactly one year prior to him ordering the military action, which took out the Iranian terrorist leader, General Soleimani. And just another weird layer to this is that if we go back to January 3rd, 2018, President Trump tweeted to say, such respect for the people of Iran as they try to take back their corrupt government. You will see great support from the United States at the appropriate time. Then in May 2018, Q posted to say, Today, evil lost control slash leverage of Iran. Today, POTUS took control of Iran. And this drop didn't seem to be related to anything in the news at the time it was posted. But if we interpret the post number, 1320, as a date, we see how this turned out to be a two-year delta. And as if this weren't coincidental enough, here we see another of Trump's tweets from that same day in which he stated, Iran never won a war, but never lost a negotiation. And if we check the timestamp, we see this also matches with QDrop1320. Then a few days later, on January 10th, 2020, Trump's poster finally came to fruition as it was announced that the USA would be placing 17 sanctions on Iran. Next, let's talk about the wall and how it's always been President Trump's plan for it to be built by the military. On March 23rd, 2018, Q posted to say, Clock activated, Red Castle, Green Castle. And it took less than 24 hours for Q researcher in the Matrix to decode this, pointing out that the logo for the US Army Corps of Engineers is a red castle, and their headquarters is located in Greencastle, Indiana, meaning this was Q's hint that they would be the ones to build the wall. Often when somebody decodes one of Q's drops like this, Q will link to it straight away, but in this particular instance, that would have given the game away and spoilt a lot of the fun. So Congress then passed the $1.3 trillion spending bill, funding the government through September 2018. However, President Trump played some mind games with the Democrats, saying he was considering a veto of the bill, as it didn't include funding for the border wall, which he considers to be critical for national defense. Later that evening, Trump tweeted again to say that he had signed the bill, seemingly reluctantly, and saying that he'll never sign another bill like this again. And this is classic Sun Tzu strategy, appearing weak when you are strong, and the art of war is key to how Trump operates, as he basically doesn't bring up anything in the media, 
until he's already won the battle behind closed doors, and then any perceived struggle is all for show. So here we see that, having given the Democrats 48 hours to celebrate prematurely, President Trump then dropped this bombshell, saying that as border security is national defense, he can build the wall through military. Over the next few months, President Trump put on a show to make it clear that Democrats are completely uncooperative, and this show crescendoed with his Oval Office meeting with Chuck and Nancy, in which he surprised them by opening it up to the media. Yes, if we don't get what we want, one way or the other, whether it's through you, through a military, through anything you want to call, I will shut down the government. Okay, absolutely. Fair enough. And I am proud, and I'll we tell you disagree. what, I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck, because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs pouring into our country. After this meeting, Q posted again to highlight Nancy Pelosi saying, you will not win. And Q then went on to say, you didn't think the largest military spending bill in history wasn't going to indirectly include funding for the wall, did you? Then the Constitution regarding vested powers of the President, regarding matters of national security. This was planned and forecasted as the border funding solution from the beginning. Q then linked to the decode by In the Matrix from earlier in the year and said, Anons had the proof long ago but shining a light back then would have defeated the primary purpose of showing the public the real objective of the Democrats, i.e. the party of open borders, elimination of ICE, elimination of homeland security, and defending illegals over American citizens. Q then finished by saying, these people are stupid. We then had a few more Q-proofs leading up to President Trump being authorised to use the military budget for the wall. On February 1st, 2019, Q posted a picture of an F-15 jet fighter without any explanation. And then just over two weeks later, we found out this was a signal that President Trump would declare a national emergency for border security on F-15, code for February 15th. Next, if we go back again and look at Q963, we see that, in addition to the Redcastle-Greencastle hint, the post also says, clock activated. And then here we see two Q posts from 2019, in which she reminds us that the clock is ticking. And attached to these posts are photos of the President's pen next to two watches, one showing the time at 3.15, and the other showing the time at 3.42. Then on March 15th, President Trump's declaration of a national emergency was authorized by the Attorney General, William Barr, and we see that the date was March 15th, 3.15, and the time of the signing was exactly 3.42. So just to recap on this particular proof, Q signaling Redcastle, Greencastle, informed us that the US Army Corps of Engineers would be the ones to build the wall. The F-15 photo signaled that the national emergency would be declared on February 15th. And then we have these two watch faces showing 3.15 and 3.42, informing us the dates and time that the national emergency would be authorized by the Attorney General. And this completed marker one, 
with Q informing us that the real fun starts soon. In December 2018, the Trump Hotel in Chicago shared a video on social media promoting the gingerbread elevator they created as part of their festive celebrations. Q shared a link to this video saying, trolling the fake news media is fun, enemy of the people. So if we take a closer look at this video, we see that there are a few subtle things hidden. Firstly, if we take a look at the stockings above the fireplace, we see that one of them is for somebody with a name beginning Q. Q then posted to say, T and Q placed together? What a coincidence. Then in another post, a short while later, Q asked, how many names start with a Q? What are the odds of a Q stocking? What are the odds of a Q stocking next to a T stocking? Later, Ananon commented to point out that it is actually an O stocking, which has been taped to convert it into a Q. Another Anon then pointed out that in the picture above the fireplace, Santa is holding a hammer, and we've seen a few Q posts which mention hammer, possibly referring to a hammer of justice, and this Anon also pointed out that the photo is signed QA. Later in the video, we see some shots of chefs baking in the kitchen, and an Anon spotted a frog in the pocket of one of the bakers. Q confirmed this and said, Pepe the baker? Think POTUS tweets re Pepe. Trolling the fake news media is so much fun. Some people thought that here Q might have been making reference to this tweet by Trump back in 2015, in which he shared this meme of him as Pepe. But actually Q is likely making reference to this example from 2016, when then-candidate Trump retweeted the account Patriotic Pepe, whose display picture clearly features the cartoon frog. And this tweet was part of a larger event, which might actually be the first example of Trump providing Anons with proof that he looks on the chans. So let's take a look at this graphic, which shows the reaction on 4chan to Trump retweeting this. So at the top we see someone created a thread titled Trump retweets a Pepe account and then says It is happening bros, I repeat, it is happening. And then shares a link to Trump's tweet. Then someone else responds It's 3am, what the fuck is he doing up? Then a little further down this thread we see that at 3.07am Someone anonymous says, I tweeted this to show I listen. This is the only post I will make. And then someone has annotated this graphic to say, He walks among us, suggesting that this anon was Trump himself responding directly on 4chan. Moments later, somebody else says, Mr. Trump, if you do actually lurk here and like this meme, please use the word amazing somehow in your next tweet. This will be a wink and a nod on the down low that you appreciate all of us here. Then we see in his very next tweet, Trump says, Colorado was amazing yesterday. And Q shared the graphic illustrating this proof in a post just two days prior to the gingerbread elevator video going live, and again highlighted several notable proofs, saying, Scott Free, where we go one we go all, Air Force One code change, Q0 equals Q plus, Q slash POTUS, Twitter zero delta exchanges, 
fake news coordinated attacks, number two only to POTUS, and then Q went on to ask, how do you safely and securely communicate through a back channel with the public and bypass the fake news media? How do you safely and securely communicate without breaking the law and violating national security? Add multiple layers of coincidences, which mathematically proves legitimacy. At what point do people wake up? And speaking of fake news coordinated attacks on QAnon, this brings me to our next example. So in the two years since Q first began posting, the media have dedicated an incredible amount of time to attacking it. Yet, despite this expenditure of energy, no journalist has bothered to ask President Trump whether or not Q is real, or if he's connected to it. And if you're still a skeptic, you might think that's because reporters don't want to ask a question which might seem stupid, but that certainly doesn't seem to hold them back when it comes to other topics. What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. But I watch you a lot. You ask a lot of stupid questions. Here we see videos produced by some of the big mainstream media outlets, all doing their best to ridicule Q and to deter others from even looking into it. And interestingly, the YouTube search algorithm seems to be heavily biased towards these mainstream media accounts that smear Q despite the fact that their videos have terrible like-to-dislike ratios. And meanwhile, the work of citizen journalists reporting on Q is buried deep in the search results, even though their content gets a considerable amount of views and engagement. So, if there is a White House correspondent listening who has concern for the sanity of us Q followers, perhaps you could do us all a favour and ask the question. You'd certainly be doing us a great service, as I'm sure you're aware that more and more vulnerable minds seem to be falling victim to this hoax by the day. But sarcasm aside, there is a very good reason why the question hasn't been asked, as it's clear that the moment President Trump acknowledges QAnon, the entire mainstream media narrative will collapse, and their little remaining credibility will be destroyed. As Q has pointed out, if the president were to confirm Q, he and the Q team would then be forced to prove everything they have stated is true to avoid looking crazy. If they ask, they self-destruct, they know this is real. And this leads me to another Q drop, which gives a summary of how the QAnon operation is intended to awaken the minds of the public. It explains... The Great Awakening was designed and created not only as a back-channel to the public, away from the long-standing mind control of the corrupt and heavily biased media, to ensure future events through transparency and regeneration of individual thought, but more importantly, to aid in the construction of a vehicle, a ship, that provides the scattered freethinkers with a start-a-new social networking platform. So this analogy of eight coon providing a vehicle or ship for the scattered freethinkers to come together is reminiscent of the storyline we saw earlier in the trailer for White Squall and this may be one of the reasons why this movie left a lasting impression on members of the Q team. Q then goes on to explain 
when non-dogmatic information becomes free and transparent, it becomes a threat to those who attempt to control the narrative and or the stable. Stable implying that the media consider their audience can be herded like livestock. Well, the Russian thing is just a big nothing though. Really? Yeah. You know. Q then says, when you are awake, you stand on the outside of the stable and have free thought. Free thought is a philosophical viewpoint which holds that positions regarding truth should be formed on the basis of logic, reason and empiricism rather than authority, tradition, revelation or dogma. When you are awake, you are able to clearly see. Recently, there was another smear attempt by the mainstream media in which they attempted to convince their followers that those of us posting about Q on Twitter are Russian bots. And following this, Q asked, why are the biggest media companies in the world continually attacking if we are simply a conspiracy or LARP? Who controls the media? Brackets six. Who controls the six? And this takes us back to a graphic Q shared in the past, which illustrates how over the past several decades, the American media has been consolidated, leaving all of the many mainstream media outlets now owned and controlled by just six companies. Q has also posted to explain how the job of the media is not to inform the public of truth using facts, but to con the public using falsehoods and opinion to paint a narrative that is designed to keep the sheep in line in order to maintain control and retain power. People awake and united ends their control. People awake is their greatest fear. This penultimate batch of proofs gives us an insight into President Trump's progress with North Korea. In this drop from November 1st, 2017, Q informed us that North Korea is not being run by Kim and that he's an actor in the play, and that the truth would sound so outrageous most Americans would riot, revolt, reject, etc. This idea of foreign powers having exerted control over North Korea has been elaborated on in further Q-drops, but I'll wait for a future video before delving into that particular rabbit hole. Anyway, on the evening of March 8th, 2018, Outside, in the dark, on the White House grounds, it was announced that President Trump had just accepted an invitation to meet with the North Korean leader. Later that evening, in post 888, Q said, Thank you, Kim. Deal made, clowns out, strings cut, we took control. And in this post, Q also shared one of President Trump's tweets from November 14th, 2017, and in doing so, this suggests that he and Chairman Kim met in secret whilst Trump was in Asia and that the two leaders have already reached North Korea's non-nuclear proliferation agreement. This idea of Trump and Kim having already met was given further plausibility two days later when President Trump tweeted to point out that Kim hasn't conducted a long-range missile test since November 28th, 2017. So, with these hints taken together, it suggests that following a secret meeting in mid-November of 2017, the missile testing would have been wound down to a halt over the following two weeks.
Then here we see a photo from early December 2017 of Chairman Kim climbing Mount Peak 2. Here he is at the summit, photographed in front of a chain link fence. And if we look carefully, we see that one of the chains is detached. And apparently photos like this are symbolic. And in this instance, it's Chairman Kim's way of signalling to the world that his chains or puppet strings have been cut and that he is no longer under the control of his former handlers, but instead free to lead North Korea as he sees fit. Then if we jump to June 11th, 2018, it was the first US-North Korea summit held in Singapore. Here we see that on the evening prior to the first meeting, Chairman Kim was out sightseeing. Q posted to ask, Does Kim look nervous prior to the big meeting with POTUS? Did they already meet long ago? Is he preparing at his hotel with his advisors ahead of time? Or is he out enjoying the freedom that he never had in the past? Deal done? So the outcome of this initial public meeting was very positive. Chairman Kim and I just signed a joint statement in which he reaffirmed his unwavering commitment to complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. We also agreed to vigorous negotiations to implement the agreement as soon as possible. And he wants to do that. If we now look at this cue drop that was posted just prior to the summit, we see that it features four booms and also says, a week to remember, dark to light. And if we take a look at the joint statement signed by the two leaders, we see that there are four key points or four booms. Then later in a press conference after the summit, President Trump said this. We dream of a future where all Koreans can live together in harmony, where families are reunited and hopes are reborn, and where the light of peace chases away the darkness of war. Also in the days following the summit, a movie trailer style video that the Trump team created to play Chairman Kim was made public. Q linked to this, pointing out a particular line and timestamp. The past doesn't have to be the future. Out of the darkness can come the light. And it wasn't surprising to see the media doing their best to distract the American public from President Trump making commendable progress towards achieving peace with North Korea. If we look back, we see that it was in the days leading up to this first summit that photos of children being held in cages at the US-Mexico border first began going viral. And the media didn't hesitate in ramping up the hysteria, even though it doesn't take much effort to discover that the photos they were sharing were taken back in 2014, during the Obama years. President Obama had child separation. Now, I'll tell you something. Once you don't have it, that's why you see many more people coming. They're coming like it's a picnic, because let's go to Disneyland. Then in February 2019, as the president was departing the US for his second summit with Chairman Kim, this time in Vietnam, Q posted to say, it's going to be historic, planned long ago. And at the same time, the mainstream media once again began ramping up their distraction tactics, this time giving wall-to-wall -wall coverage of the Michael Cohen testimony, which we know now turned out to be a complete nothing burger but with Q having got her hopes up that this would be a historic meeting, it was disappointing to see these Vietnam negotiations fall apart, 
and it left queue followers like myself wondering what had gone wrong, especially as the two leaders did seem to be getting along so well. Though it was clear that with the media creating so much fuss over the Cohen testimony, it would have been difficult for any good news about a peace deal to have cut through the noise and to have received the acknowledgement that it would deserve. But then if we skip forward to June 2019, the strategy became clearer as we saw the president spring his next meeting with Chairman Kim on the media, leaving them no time to plan a distraction. So whilst at the G20 in Japan, it was made to appear as though President Trump had the spontaneous idea of meeting Chairman Kim for a handshake at the North Korean DMZ, you know, just while he was in the area. But you have to ask yourself, did President Trump really put both his and Chairman Kim's staff under the extraordinary pressure of having to organize the logistics of such a meeting with just 24 hours notice? Or is it more likely that these details were planned well in advance, but tactically withheld from the mainstream media? Let's take a quick look at Chairman Kim's reaction to the president thanking him for coming on such short notice. So, I just want to thank you. That was very quick notice, and I want to thank If we take a closer look at a press conference President Trump gave just prior to departing the G20 for the DMZ, we see that he says this. So, I just want to say that we're going to be heading out to the DMZ and something I planned long ago, but had the idea yesterday to maybe say hello. Just shake hands quickly and say hello. Then, after meeting Chairman Kim and crossing into North Korea, the president spoke again with reporters. In speaking with President Moon, uh, oftentimes he was saying this is historic, just the meeting is historic, and I think there's something to that. Uh, it'll be even more historic if something comes up, it's something very important. So these expressions fit word for word with the cue drop that was posted earlier in the year prior to the US-North Korea summit in Vietnam. So we can appreciate how this was done to bait the deep states and the media into using their distraction tactics back in February, whilst it was actually this historic event that President Trump and the Q team really wanted the world to be watching. Interestingly, during President Trump's visit to the DMZ, his national security advisor, John Bolton, was sent elsewhere. That certainly seems like a sensible idea. Bolton really isn't someone that you want around when you're trying to bring about peace. And taking his place in the president's entourage was Fox News reporter Tucker Carlson. Carlson documented the trip. And in this segment, there is a shot that was only shown for a brief few seconds. But if we pause and take a close look, we see that placed up on one of the security watchtowers at the DMZ is a noticeable letter Q. Some have also theorized that President Trump took 17 steps into North Korea. That's slightly debatable, dependent on how you count the steps. And in this instance, it might just be a coincidence. But again, you've got to ask yourself, does the mainstream media narrative make sense? that President Trump is just an impulsive guy, blundering through his presidency without a plan, but with the balls to let his Secret Service detail hang back whilst he strolls unaccompanied into one of the most dangerous places on Earth, 
and hoping that the gesture will help him make a deal with Chairman Kim? Or is it more likely that a deal has already been made and all of this is part of a carefully choreographed show? President Trump and Chairman Kim have also been sending one another letters over the past several months. Here we see President Trump talking about the latest letter that he received. With that being said, I got a very beautiful letter from Kim Jong-un yesterday. It was delivered. What did he say? It was hand-delivered from... And it was a very positive letter. What did he say? I'd love to give it to you. I really would. This interview was recorded on August 9th, 2019. So when he says yesterday, this indicates that he received the letter on August 8th, 2019. And this just so happens to be the 17-month anniversary of both QDROP 888 and the press event in which it was first announced that the two leaders had agreed to meet. And now that you can appreciate the extent to which these public negotiations with North Korea are part of a scripted show, you can understand why President Trump would be so amused by Chairman Kim saying this. Because there are people who are welcoming this meeting. There are people who have remained skeptical about this meeting, but I'm sure that all of them would be watching the moment that we are sitting together, side by side, as if they're, they're watching a fantasy movie. If we look back again at this Q drop, we see that it also says minus 21, which indicates a 21-day countdown. So after President Trump said the key words to activate this countdown at the end of June 2019, what big, big happenings did we see over the following 21 days? Well, to begin with, we saw President Trump nominate gold standard advocate Judy Shelton to the board of the Federal Reserve. This ties in with Q's previous drop, informing us that gold shall destroy the Fed. Over the following days, President Trump also began ramping up his attacks on the Fed via Twitter, educating the American public as to how the Fed keep interest rates high to stifle economic growth, whilst allowing other countries to manipulate their currency to gain a trade advantage. We also saw General Flynn return to the news just 24 hours after Q said that he would. The same thing happened with news regarding Planned Parenthood. Next, we saw the arrest of Jeffrey Epstein for sex trafficking of minors. He and his island have been mentioned in Q-drops, dating back to November 2017. So this arrest was a big validation for the Q community. And it's interesting to note that even the mainstream media acknowledge Epstein's arrest had been a long time coming. He was previously arrested back in 2003, but got off very lightly. So one has to wonder if there was pressure put on those at the top to bury the case and reduce Epstein's sentence. And it's interesting to note that the FBI director at the time of Epstein's previous arrest was none other than Robert Mueller. Later in July, we saw another of Mueller's associates hit with sex trafficking and child porn charges. Also, almost immediately upon Epstein's arrest, we saw Tom Steyer announce his presidential campaign. Having seen him copied into some of John Podesta's suspicious-looking emails that were made available via WikiLeaks, many suspect that he, like other prominent Democrats, may be implicated in various dealings related to Epstein. But as Q has predicted, 
Some of these people may run for president in an attempt to escape being attacked by claiming they are political targets. Then in early July, we also saw the president retweet this Twitter account, Save the Littles, whose profile picture is a still from a video interview with two children that provide detailed accounts of being victims of occult sexual abuse by a paedophile ring in the UK. Within this 21-day window, another of the big, big happenings due to take place was the Muller testimony, which was originally scheduled for July 17th, which also happens to be International Justice Day. However, I think panic got the better of those in DC, as this, along with Q-teasing them, that the hearing was taking place on the 30th anniversary of the B-2 bomber, caused them to delay it by a week. Also, in the days following the Mueller testimony, we found out that the trials of Guantanamo Bay detainees will be broadcast to the public. And then around this same time, Attorney General Bill Barr drops the bombshell news that he has begun the process of reinstating the death penalty. So, with all these things taken together, it seems that the stage is almost set to begin the next act of the show. I've got one final batch of proofs to show you, but before we dig into those, I just wanted to say what fun I've had putting this video together. I've been chipping away at it over the past few months, and I'm sure you can appreciate what an undertaking it's been to gather all this information and to make it flow in a logical order. So if you gain some value from this feature-length presentation and have a little bit of spare change, I'd be grateful if you'd consider supporting this channel. I hope you give me a nice big fat tip. I've set up a page here where you can chip in a few bucks to buy me a coffee. There's a link in the description. And if you've got PayPal, it only takes a few seconds to donate. Or if you prefer, you can make a custom pledge directly via PayPal. And any contribution, big or small, will go a long way toward helping me become a full-time citizen journalist and to dedicate even more time and energy to creating further videos like this in the future. So many thanks in advance for your support, it's greatly appreciated. As you're probably aware, 8chan was shut down back in August of 2019 after Cloudflare terminated their tech support. However, in November 2019, the forum relaunched as 8coon. So, although for a while it might have looked as though the Deep State had been successful in silencing Q and stifling the Great Awakening, in reality, it seems this period of downtime was planned for. A few weeks prior to 8chan being shut down, Q posted this cryptic message that we can now interpret as signalling the Q team going dark for 93 days. And just another weird coincidence, is that the photo shared in this queue drop was from a James Comey tweet, which was posted exactly 93 weeks prior to the start of Q's absence. The new 8coon forum was initially a transfer of the old 8chan web infrastructure to a new server and domain. So when Q first began posting on 8coon, they were initially able to log in and post under the same trip code that they had been using previously on 8chan. And to verify that the person posting with that trip code was still the authentic queue, the team provided a number of new Delta confirmations. 
Here we see that on November 11th, 2019, Q's first post of the day occurred less than two minutes prior to a retweet by President Trump. And later that day, we were also provided with a zero delta. In this post, it was asked when the Q public campaign was initiated and if that had any relation to when US Attorney John Durham was appointed. And until Q posed this question, I think it had somehow evaded Anons that, coincidentally, both of these commenced on October 28th, 2017. Q linked to a Twitter user who picked up on this coincidence and asked, what are the odds of that? Mathematically impossible? The truth is right in front of you. So it seems that this is Q's hint that it will be the Durham report which brings about the full force of the storm. In late November of 2019, the 8-Kun administrator announced that there would be some routine maintenance to the forum and that these procedures would result in all user trip codes being reset. The Q team then informed Anons how they would confirm their new trip code after the reset by describing an image they intended to post featuring a notebook, pen, watch and desk. The update then took place on November 26th after which Q didn't post again over the following seven days. But when they did reappear on December 2nd, we see that the first post using their new trip code was another zero delta, with Q posting just 49 seconds prior to a tweet by President Trump. Q then posted again to share President Trump's tweet, saying trip iden delta minus one, which is Q's way of prompting Anons to create a graphic to illustrate this delta proof. Mm. This request was promptly fulfilled, <coughs> and Q shared the graphic, saying trip confirmed. And coincidentally, this post was another zero delta, with the president posting his next tweet just 12 seconds later. So if we just pause a second to take that in, Q was silent for seven days, and then with his first three posts, got two zero deltas with successive tweets by President Trump. This coincidence wasn't fully acknowledged by Q at the time, but several weeks later, when responding to an 8kun user posting about deltas, Q asked, what about when verifying our new trip, re-project DCOMs, i.e. our calling shot, standard deviation broken, greatest statistical anomaly witnessed, or... So when we see a shill on Twitter remarking that zero delta is not a thing, it's shotgunning the same thing a strip mall psychic does, well, I'm not sure about you, but to me this looks like highly precise marksmanship. Shortly after these deltas on December 2nd, Q made several more drops, firstly to share the image of a watch that they stated they would, and we note the time on the watch was 1.29. Q then followed this by posting an old drop, highlighting a marker set two years earlier, hinting at how the Inspector General report, set to be released on December 9th, would be a first step towards delivering justice. Q observers then began to wonder if this date, along with the time on Q's watch, would be related to the release of the IG report. Then, sure enough, on December 9th, the IG report was released, and coincidentally, 
three different Justice Department accounts all tweeted about the report at exactly 1.29. Q then posted to say, Timing is important. How many coincidences? Use of coincidences is essential not to violate national security. Before mathematically impossible, Pfizer equals start. President Trump then commented on the release of the report, and there were a few things that he said which pricked up the ears of those of us who have been following Q. Well, they fabricated evidence and they lied to the courts and they did all sorts of things to have it go their way. And this was something that uh, we can never allow ha to happen again. The report actually, and especially when you look into it and the details of the report, are far worse than anything I would have even imagined. What they were doing and what they would have done if I didn't make a certain move, a certain move that was a very important move, because it would have been even worse if that's possible. And they might have been able to succeed. This was an overthrow of government. This was an attempted overthrow. And a lot of people were in on it. And they got caught. They got caught red-handed. And I look forward to the Durham report, which is coming out in the not-too-distant future. Uh, it's got his own information, which is this information, plus, plus, plus. There were more coincidences to be found in the IG report itself. As mentioned earlier in this video, Horowitz found that there were at least 17 significant errors or omissions in the Carter Page Pfizer applications. And then some anons also found Q proofs hidden within the text formatting of the report's PDF document. Firstly, if we scroll to the bottom of the document, here we see that the URL for the DOJ website appears correct. But if we copy and paste the text, we see that the G's are actually Q's. There is a similar anomaly with the word Comey. Although when reading the document, the word Comey appears normal. If we copy and paste the text, we see that the word embedded within the PDF is actually Corny. and the surname Comey is consistently misspelled Corny throughout the entire report. And we can look back at previous Q drops which hinted at this. On March 3rd, 2018, Q posted to say, misspellings matter. Then a year to the day later, in post 2943, Q quoted a section of text from the government order which began Mueller's special counsel investigation and in the quoted text, in addition to Comey being misspelt corny, the number 8 is used in place of a letter B and the word confirmed is written confined. If we open the document Q shared and copy and paste the text, we see that only Comey is misspelt But if we search for Corny on the DOJ website, we see a number of results. And if we open the version hosted here, we find that the letter B and the word confirmed are also misspelt in the way that Q had highlighted. So it seems this was the Q team's subtle way of providing the public with advance notice 
of this cheap trick used by corrupt members of the government as insurance to safeguard themselves in the event of future legal proceedings. These proofs within the IG report might have been a little too overt, as the Department of Justice have subsequently uploaded a revised version of the document. The version currently available on their site doesn't include the OIQ URL, and the word corny now only appears a handful of times, with the surname Comey now spelt correctly throughout the majority of the documents. However, for those that are curious to test these text formatting proofs for yourself, it is still possible to access the original version of the report document. If we take this URL and search it with a web archive service like Wayback Machine, we find that several autists preserved this page when it first went live on December 9th. And if we open this copy of the PDF, we see that it is the original unrevised version and still shows the OIQ URL and also features the consistent misspelling of corny. And it still remains to be explained exactly what James Comey has been attempting to communicate by tweeting images of himself in cornfields or why Devin Nunes and Chuck Grassley have also been posting corn-related tweets, or why Q has been hinting at an upcoming corn harvest. But the beauty of Q drops is that future proves past, and I trust that the Durham report, along with future Q drops, will provide insights that allow us to connect these dots. So stay tuned, as I have many more Q proof videos to come. And as a little teaser for next time, here are a few of the Q-proofs currently in play. So with new clocks activated, what events will synchronise with the numbers on these watch faces? Will Jeff Sessions be revealed as the person who started the Epstein investigation? Does General Flynn know where the bodies are buried? And how will he inject evidence into legal proceedings? In addition to spying on the Trump campaign, was Obama also spying on another of his and Hillary Clinton's Republican opponents? Will we see senior Democrats implicated in the Jussie Smollett hate hoax? Will Shifty Schiff be forced to resign for having knowingly spent the last three years lying and leaking? Will President Trump implement voter ID to safeguard the election in 2020 and beyond? And will 2020 be the end game for the Democrats and the DC swamp? If you enjoyed this video and would like to support this channel, I'd be really